0: Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in. God, we thank you for your love, Jesus. Thank you that we are loved by you, Jesus. That we are unconditionally accepted. There's no earning or striving, Father simply just get to say yes yes to you Jesus God I thank you that our hearts matter to you Father that you see us that no matter what we face, what we go through you never ever leave us And that you always see us Jesus God I love you, we love you we praise you thank you for what you've already done in this room, Jesus, what you're about to do, Lord. We pray for this time, Lord, that we spend in your word, Father. Holy Spirit, open the eyes of our heart and of our standing, understanding, Jesus. Give us ears to hear, Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak through me, Father. Speak through me to the people, Lord. We love you and we praise you. It's in your precious son's name we pray, amen. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody good. That was that was a beautiful moment of worship. Um, you might not be done crying yet. <laughs> we are um, we're going to be uh, talking about our um, our heart today. funnily enough. Um, if you weren't here last week, Pastor Fred preached an amazing message. I cannot do it justice by trying to recap it, just go back and listen to it, but we're going to kind of springboard off of that a little bit. Um, If you're joining us online, welcome, good morning. Um, So yeah, we're going to get started, and um, we are talking about, like I already mentioned, we're talking about our hearts. I know that sounds a little cliché. I know it seems like every time I get up here. Do communion or what not, I'm always talking about our hearts, right? I can't help it. The Lord always brings me back to our hearts. Um, Jesus loves you. <laughs> and so during the message, um, be honest, you know, talking about our hearts it's uncomfortable, right? We put our walls up, we maybe turn our emotions off. we don't want to feel things, it gets hard, it gets uncomfortable, and so If that happens during this message, I encourage you to stick with it, okay? Um, To lean in, to um, tap in, and just just, just stick with it, all right? Um, So today's message is titled, Above All. Somebody say, Above All. Above All. all. We are going to be looking at um, a few scriptures, but our opening scripture is from Proverbs 4.23. It says this, it says, so, above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Um, so, as I was preparing for this message, I. Um, I did a quick little search to see how many times the word heart is mentioned in the Bible. Loosely 826 times, okay? Depending on what translation, and don't be all funny, and you know, some people get a certain way about which translation of the Bible it is, so it's loosely at 826, okay? Um, What was interesting, though, is the word brain was never mentioned in the Bible. So, don't take that and run with it. Don't think, you know, because sometimes we're like, oh, I just have to listen to my heart, right? I've got to follow my heart. That's not exactly what I'm saying. We follow our hearts when they're in line with the Spirit, right? When they're in line with the Spirit and God's will for our lives. Um, but the point that I just wanted to point out with that interesting thing is our hearts are crucial, right? They, um, we so often dismiss them or we ignore emotions, um, We go numb. We shut down. And so just keep that in mind. Um, So I will give us just a little bit of context of the um, chapter we were just reading in because we kind of jumped in towards the end of it. Um, But that whole chapter of Proverbs of chapter 4, Solomon is speaking to his son about wisdom. He's giving him all this wise instruction. um, You know, heed my word, son. Follow wisdom. He's giving him all these, you know, wise instruction, all of this. And then um, at the start of the verse we just read, well, sorry, back, if you were to go back to verse 20, if you're reading this, he starts saying, pay attention, right? He's kind of doing a recap, and he's saying, pay attention. Verse 23, it starts off. Can we go back to that verse really fast, please? So keep in mind, he's just giving him all this instruction, right? Pay attention to do these things, these are your instructions, wisdom for this, wisdom, live this way, do this, right? All this wise, awesome instruction. So he's just said all that, and then he follows it and he says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. For from there flows the wellspring of life. Above all, somebody say above all. all. Um, Heart in the biblical context, it's more than just an organ, right? Like today we hear heart, we automatically kind of think what? Organ, you know, that helps keep us alive. Um, The Hebrew word for heart is, I hope I pronounced this correctly, levav or lev for short, okay? The heart is considered the center of all human existence. It's a physical thing, yes, but it's also where our thoughts, our emotions, and choices, or the Bible would also refer to our choices as our affections, or some translations would say the desires, right, of your heart, okay? It's where all that flows from. Um, And so today we're reading from the Passion Translation. Passion uses the word wellspring. Other translations, they might say the issues of life. Um, but we're going to look at wellspring. The Hebrew word yasa is seasons. Catch this. Our heart, not our circumstances, or age for that matter, shape the season in which we live in. Right? Has anybody experienced that? Things are going great. We feel like we're living in springtime in a way. Right? Our job's going great. Uh, We got abundance with, you know, our finances, our friendships are great, relationship with our family, everything's great, happy, happy, you know, birds are singing, flowers in bloom. Um, Everything's great. What about the next day when we get news about something? Maybe we get bad news. Maybe we get news that something in our perpetual springtime that we've been living in is flipped like that. Maybe someone has done something that's turned that springtime that we were living in into a raging, full-on blizzard. Snowed in, I'm, I'm, I'm up, I'm, I'm out, right? Or maybe, maybe we've never even lived in springtime. Maybe we're living in a constant dry heat, desert, summer, where the heat just won't stop, The cooling, healing, refreshment that can come from the rain is nowhere in sight. There's next to no life around us. What we so often forget, I'm preaching to myself and I say this, is that we get to choose which season we live in inside of our hearts. So hear this, depending on our circumstances, this is going to be easy at times, right? And this is going to be really difficult at other times. There's going to t- be times where it feels next to impossible to live in that sweet springtime state, season in your heart, right? Especially if you're outside circumstances, you're living in a desert, that dry heat, there's no rain, there's no nourishment, there's nothing. Or you're in that isolated cold blizzard. You're away from everybody. You feel so detached and trapped. Um, we get to choose if we're going to drink from the wellspring inside of us, right? Scripture refers to the Holy Spirit inside of us as a wellspring of life, the water that the Holy Spirit supplies, or if we're going to drink from what we can get our hands on, right? It's easy right here in front of us. We're taught to guard our hearts. I don't know about you guys, but I grew up in church. This verse, this theme of guarding our hearts, it's very common, it's very popular. You learn this from a young age. It's kind of very christian in a way. Guard your hearts, guard your heart. And so we read that verse, and so often we just kind of skim over that part and like, yeah, I need to guard against what I watch, right? what movies I watch, what shows I watch, what music I listen to. Maybe we get a little bit like, guard against what we talk about. Yeah, I'm not gonna gossip. I, um, you know, I'm not going to be judgy. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna guard what I look at with my eyes, what comes in with my ears, all that, right? When we think of guarding our hearts, that's what comes to our mind, right? The scripture is saying, guard your heart. I want us to peel back some layers to that. The verse says, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. This is what the Lord's saying today. Guard your heart against offense. Guard your heart against pain. Guard your heart against anger, rejection, bitterness, disappointment, discouragement, hopelessness, criticism, cynicism, loneliness, betrayal. Notice I didn't mention all the common ones, like lust, lying, jealousy, greed, stealing etc those we just natu- naturally think of those right but then we just keep on scrolling by and so as i was preparing this message the lord kept telling me over and over and over again slow down slow down when reading the scriptures peel back the layers Don't just brush through them like we so often do, especially if it's a verse that's familiar to us, right? Don't just brush through, okay, checklist, yeah, Lord, I'm going to guard my heart against all these things. Okay, good. Yep, I got it. But slow down. There's layers to this that we're going to unpack. It's not a checklist that we measure, okay, Lord, I'm guarding my heart against these things. Now I'm a good child, okay? I believe the Lord's wanting us to just sit, just sit here for a little bit and peel back the layers because there's more that He's asking us, He's wanting us to guard our hearts from, okay? Um, this is a common scripture. It's actually one of my favorites, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. It's a beautiful passage um, but it is not meant to be used, like I said earlier so many times we we use, we use it as a checklist, right? But I want you to think, when we use scripture to guard our hearts, I want you to think of it more as a way of sifting, sifting your thoughts, sifting your emotions, your affections, your um, decisions, all right? The seasons of which you're living in in your heart. So the passage, the it starts off, and you can put it up on the screen, it says, be cheerful. Be cheerful. With joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. Let's, let's catch that. And let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. I'm gonna go back to that let your joy overflow just for a second. Um, we, already, we touched on this again, but I already, I already said, you know, we can be living, right? Our circumstances can be miserable. It can be winter. They can be awful. But we can still have joy inside that flows out. Okay? We're going to come back to the rest of those verses in a second, but we're just going gonna to shift just for a second. Stick with me. Um, a very particular layer that the Lord really has put on my heart that we look at when it comes to guarding our hearts, okay? One of the biggest things, and this is like, on a daily basis, guys. This can sometimes be moment by moment. One of the biggest things that we need to guard our hearts against, you ready? It's the spirit of offense. It is a nasty, nasty, sneaky tactic that the enemy uses, right? He tries to get us to pick something up Somebody says something, somebody does this or doesn't, and we instantly, and I, I'm i preaching to myself, we instantly grab onto that, and then it can take root in our hearts. I'm gonna give you guys an example, okay? Some of you guys know this story. It's kinda silly, but it helps. It helps, okay? So, um, earlier this year, I had to go to the DMV. I needed to get a license So I can drive South Carolina legally, right? Because we moved here, and so um, nobody likes going to the DMV, right? It's not a fun experience. It's stressful. The people who work there—it's just not fun, right? I've been putting it off for so long. I was like, okay, I've been—I've lived here long enough. I gotta get—I can't keep this Colorado driver's license anymore. I gotta get South Carolina, and so. You know, there's paperwork. I hate filling out paperwork. Logan's always telling me, honey, you need to slow down. Don't stress. Fill it out. It's OK. You know, all the things. The line, you guys. I get there, and the line is wrapped around to the back. I mean, it's just crazy. Right? I had um, I'd gone there earlier that day. I show them my out-of-state Colorado license. Hey, I need to get my South Carolina license. I'm instantly turned away, oh no, you, you need all this stuff. And I already brought what I thought I needed, right? Okay, so I gotta go drive back, cause it's like 30 minute drive to where we went. Drive back, Logan's got, you know, to me, Logan, the kids, it's a whole, it's taking it up the whole day, okay? Come back, the line's just as long. I get back there, I'm like, okay, I got all these documents that they said I need. You know, this, 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 okay, yep, good to go. It's finally my turn. Get to the window. I'm nervous. I don't know why I'm nervous. I give the lady my folder, which is literally, you know, all these documents, all these, you know, everything they need. And she starts going through, combing through. Look well, I don't I don't know if I can accept this. I I don't know if this is gonna work. Oh, but ma'am, the lady told me I needed this, right? She is finding everything in her power to prevent me from getting a South Carolina driver's license. Literally everything. She's looking at my marriage license as if it's not real. She goes to another room, disappears for like 15 minutes. I'm not even kidding you guys. She takes it apart. She makes a copy. I don't know, is this the original? Like, one thing after the other (sighs) comes to the vision Think. Now, yes, I have glasses on, but side note, I can drive legally without glasses, okay? Comes to the vision. Everything's not working. The letters are blurring. The machine's not working. She'd finally gotten to the point where I can, was so patient, and she realized that I had all the paperwork I needed. And I'm like, okay, I'm this close, Lord. I'm going to get out of here this close. She would not let me pass the vision test. She was telling me that my eyes were not good enough, that I couldn't do it. I needed to go come back another day, and I needed to come back with proof that I had had an eye exam. Okay. If you've met me before, or you know me a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit more quiet. You know, I'm very, people, they're shocked if I ever get upset, because it's just not my nature, right? So you can imagine the inside. I am... Boiling with frustration, just raging on the inside. And Logan had come with me because he was going to do our license plate. We're going to get all of everything done in one DMV trip. I go to the van and I bang on that window. I was just riddled with rage. And he's like, "Honey, you're going to break the window. What's going on?" I get in the van, slam the door shut. And I was just like, they won't give me a license. He's like, what do you mean they won't give you a license? I'm like, he's like, did you give them all the paper? I'm like, yes, you know. And I walk him through, and I tell him I did all this stuff. And he's like, did you fill the paper out correctly? Were you stressed and forgot to fill it? I'm like, no, I did all the, th- all the things I needed to do. She wouldn't give me a driver's license. I said, she did everything she possibly could to keep me from getting a license. And he's like, okay. Okay. He's like, it's okay, calm down. I'm like, I'm not going to calm down. I was mad. And so... He goes in, he gets, you know, the license plates taken care of, and while he's gone, I notice the atmosphere — I know that sounds very spiritual — but in my van has shifted. And how I noticed this was my sweet, precious children, they were picking up on what I brought in that van. They noticed that Mommy was really upset, and, Mommy, why are you upset? And what did Mommy do? "Oh, that lady in there, blah, 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 blah. "Well, Mommy, that's not nice." She was being mean to you, just going off, going off. And the Lord, I heard the Lord, oh, so clearly. And he said, "You see what's happening. Do you, see, do you hear your kids? Do you, do you see what's happening?" He's like, "That was spear of offense. You picked that up. And now, look how it is rippling. I look, like, oh. Oh, oh, wow, Lord, oh, oh, goodness, okay. And so I said, kids, you know what? Mommy's sorry. I said, yes, that lady wasn't nice to mommy, but then I said, the Lord's like, you need to pray for that woman. You have no idea what she was experiencing that day. You have no idea if somebody came in and did the same thing to her. You have no idea what's going on in her life. You have no idea if she's dealing with any pain, frustration. You have no idea, Mackenzie. He said, you need, to breath, you need to bless that woman. You need to pray for her. You need to bless her. You need to bless her day. And so I said, okay, kids. I said, you know what? Mommy forgives her. And this is, please, this is not me being, this is all Jesus, okay? And I said, we need, we, need to, uh, we need to pray. We're going to pray for that lady. I said, I forgive her. I forgive her for being you know, mean to mommy. She was really rude, but I forgive her. Okay, guys, we're going to we're gonna pray for her, and we're going to bless her. And we're going to let it go. I said, it's not the end of the world, I'll get a license, We'll, you know, I'll go do, you know, come back, we'll do another day, and we'll get the license, right? And so, I share, I share that silly story, because that is so often how these little things can get into our hearts without us even realizing it. And the problem is, is it takes root, and that in, that that moment of, Oh Lord, this is great. You know, this is a good day. This is the day the Lord has made. Instantly, I'm raging with anger and frustration and what just happened to the springtime I was feeling in my heart, right? And so, we gotta be also constantly guarded, as the verse says, with what's coming in, what's coming in our hearts, okay? Um, we can't be pulled in different directions. Um, you can pull up that scripture because we're gonna we're gonna go through that verse now. So with right with that in mind, okay, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow, and let gentleness gentleness for me in that situation be seen in every relationship. For our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing, be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Not just, Lord, like, we get up, Lord, praise you and thank you for this day. We go on our days. Right? Be saturated throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then, did you catch that? Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Um, Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Now, I don't throw that scripture up. Like I said, it's not a checklist, because we can look at that, and we go, oh, man, Lord. That's It's not a checklist. Think of it as a, a system, right? Sifting. It's a way we can sift our hearts, sift our minds. Fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Another passage of Scripture that we often are taught when it comes to guarding our hearts, actually one of my favorites. It's um, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, we're going to look at this one. It says, trust in the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinions with all your heart, rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with Him in whatever you do, and He will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. Mmm, So good. So we can take that passage of Scripture. We can take the one from Ephesians, or even Galatians 5, right? The passage that lists fruits of the Spirit, right? Those are all um, practical tools, right? Like I said, a sifting for our hearts that flows out of it. um, For really any circumstance we might go through in life, right? We have the Holy Spirit living inside to draw from. Um, So all this, you're right, sounds good, sounds practical, right? Right? Why do we struggle with this? Why do we struggle with guarding our hearts? Am I the only one? (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but I struggle with this, right? I struggle with guarding my heart. I have days where I'm on top of the world with Jesus, right? And then in a moment, a thought comes in my mind, And boy, if I don't give that to the Lord, I can go just spiling right on down. Or everything can be great. I get a phone call. My husband's got a migraine. And those thoughts can go spiling right on down. Because I worry about him when he has migraines. He has nasty migraines. It breaks my heart every single time I see him with a migraine. But this is something that the Lord is constantly teaching me in because this is is something that it does not come easy. It does not come naturally, right? So some of the reasons that we could struggle, if you will, with guarding our heart, we think of it as a task, right? Or workspace practice. We do that a lot when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. Things that we got to measure, okay, and if I do this, this, and this, okay, Lord, I'm going to get up. I'm going to saturate myself in prayer. I'm going to be thinking all of these things that are pe- beautiful, holy, true, just like the verse said, and everything's going to be fine, right? Not so much. Um, we got to make that choice, right? It's, sometimes it's a moment-by-moment moment choice to stay in that intimate place with the Father. That's one reason we might struggle with it. Another reason we might struggle with it, and this is a more common reason that might come to our minds, right? It's our flesh. We always say, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? That's something that we quote to ourselves all the time. It's true. I'm not, don't, don't, don't mishear me. I'm not saying it's not true. Um, so we just choose every day what's right, right? We pray. We bathe our minds with scripture. We worship. We um, We're more than conquerors. That's what scripture says, right? All of this is true. This is is things that I tell myself. Right, guys? But I don't know about you, but that's not the only reason why I struggle to guard my heart. We're going to pull back another layer now. You guys ready? We can go back to that verse in Proverbs if you guys can pull it up. So above all, Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life." Did you catch that in that verse? Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. I want us to, I meant to show you guys this earlier, I forgot. I'm not an artist, but sometimes I like visual, okay? So I told you guys the definition, I said I'm not an artist, so don't judge, of heart in biblical terms, right? It's our thought, our emotion, physical choices, right? That's when the Bible refers to heart, it's encompassing all of that, okay? What about what's behind? all of that. Our innermost being, I want you guys to think about that for a second. What is in your innermost being? I'm going to go back to that story I shared with you guys when I was at the DMV. Yes, it was a spirit of offense that came at my heart from that interaction, but I didn't tell you guys there was more to it. (sighs) That offense, see I could have just taken it as that and just brushed it off, oh, okay Lord, pray that spirit spirit of offense away, bless that lady, I forgave her, okay, let's move on. What the Lord showed me after that, yes, I was upset, yes, I was frustrated. Yes, it was long, but you know what that really poked inside of my heart? It poked a place in my heart where I have rejection. The thoughts that I was thinking through all of that, sometimes we have thoughts that we're consciously thinking, we know it, but we don't know it. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Or we're feeling it, or after the matter. Sometimes it's days, weeks, months. We process it. I'm like, oh, I was feeling that in that moment. These are some of the thoughts, okay, that was going through. I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys. I don't like to, but I'm going to. These are thoughts that were playing in my head and things I was feeling. You can't even get a driver's license in South Carolina. This is just another example of somebody here who doesn't want you here. Where's that welcoming southern hospitality? I guess it's not for you. Sounds silly, but I have rejection buried in my heart. And that moment poked it, poked it big time. I kind of knew it was there, but I kind of didn't. Few months later, driving in my car, and I heard the Lord so clearly. He said, Mackenzie, He said, You've got pain from this friendship, from this, this, and this, and rejection's attached to all of it. Hmm, I don't think so, Lord. I really don't think so. I, um, you know, Lord, I, I, I guard my heart. I, you know, I'm, al- I'm always in the word. I'm, I love to worship you, Jesus. So I'm always in your presence. I'm always, you know, telling myself that it's not about me, right? So I know my heart is right. I know I have love and forgiveness if I ever get upset or hurt. Like, Lord, are you sure? I, I really don't think, I, no, I don't think so. I'm just I'm gonna I'm going to ignore that, Lord won't go away. The Lord keeps telling me, you need to deal with this pain. You need to deal with this hurt. You've, you need to deal with this rejection. And what I so oftentimes like to do, is I like to disassociate from that. But it really wasn't working. It really wasn't working. And the Lord I heard him say, he said, I need you, I don't want need, yes, but want, I want you to lean into that pain. I don't know about you guys, but I do not like doing that. One single bit. And he said, I need you to lean into that pain, I need you to feel that pain. not." it to hurt you again not for you to live in a constant state of feeling it but this is what he said i need you to lean into it so you can feel me pulling it out root by root pulling it out root by root now the thing with that guys is sometimes that's in a moment right we experience that lots of times god instantly will do it in a moment sometimes it is moment by moment I'm going to keep being vulnerable with you guys for a minute. Once I started doing that, I would have moments where I would be overwhelmed with all of those emotions, all of that pain, because let's be honest, that rejection has been there for a long, long time, and I would feel these moments where I would feel it creeping up. And boy, would I want to just shut it off, run away, disassociate. Jesus, I'm good. I'm fine. You've got me, Lord. I trust you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And he said, give me that pain. Lean into it. And so I would lean into it. And I would break down crying. And I hate crying. I've told Logan this. I said, I have not cried more in my entire life than I have in the last year. Ah! And... But it was so healing, right? Because I I leaned into it and I was opening up that part of my heart to the Lord. Not because he was wanting me to be hurt by it, but because he he was wanting to pull it out, root by root. And that happened a few other times, right? And who knows? Maybe it'll happen again next month. But the point is, (sighs) lean into the pain lean into the pain so the Lord can pull it out root by root alright we're going to shift just a smidge we're going to go back to Proverbs 3 verse 5 um, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions with all your heart rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make catch that with all your heart, rely on him to guide you. So what's the Lord's wanting to say today? Is we struggle guys, we struggle with guarding our hearts because we struggle with trusting him completely and relying wholly on him with our whole hearts. We don't know how to trust him with parts of our hearts. Where we might have pain, right? We might have anger, or trauma, or rejection, or betrayal, right? We might, we might, okay Lord, I, um, I trust you as my savior. I ask you to come live inside of my heart, right? Lord, I trust you to meet all of my needs. I trust you, Jesus, that you go before me, that you have plans to prosper me, not to harm me, right? I, um, Lord, I trust you with my future, right? All this is amazing things that we should be trusting the Lord with, right? You guys see, I'm, again, not an artist. My whole heart isn't colored in. We can get to the point even where we, where we can believe that we're forgiven, right? That we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? We can we can get to that point. We get to the point that we believe. Okay, Lord, I trust in my heart that I am washed by the blood of the Lamb, that my circumstances don't determine what season I get to live in inside of my heart. These are areas of our hearts that can be somewhat easy that we give to God because we choose to. Right? The reason why I say those areas can be easy is because we know the choices that we made that led us to that point where we desperately want to trust God, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we want to trust Him as our Lord and Savior, that we, trust Him with our future, whatever it may be, right? We can almost naturally get there, can feel natural to get to that place of trusting God. Because we've experienced His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, His love. Right? Sometimes when we, it takes knowing you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What makes that so powerful and sweet is the choices that we have made that have brought us to our knees of experiencing God's mercy, grace, and forgiveness where that rings true. We know who we are apart from Him, and so we get to that place with the Lord where we are desperate for Him, where we trust Him with that part of our heart, right? But what about the part of our heart that we have pain and we did not choose that pain? The parts of our heart where we've got pain that had nothing to do with any choice that we made, it wasn't self-inflicted, right? There's a couple directions that we can go with that. Lord, this is just my cross to bear. I trust you, Jesus. You've got me, Lord, right? Sometimes we — this is just a thorn in my flesh, Jesus. Sometimes we treat it as a medal of honor. Sometimes we just settle with it and we just say, well, it will get better once I get to heaven. Or, catch this, this is something I do a lot. We play the comparison game. We minimize it. Yeah, Lord, that hurt, that this is really hard but I know so many other people, Jesus, they've got way more hurt and trauma and pain. Who am I to feel this? This shouldn't be bothering me. I just need to get some thick skin on. This shouldn't hurt. And so we compare and we push it down and we ignore it. And don't get me wrong, that's absolutely true in some situations, right? I haven't experienced pain and trauma that other people have, that's true, okay? But the danger with doing that comparison game, with our, uh, comparison game with our pain is that pain gets buried. And what happens when it gets buried? It starts to fester inside, and it's going to start to grow. And then this is what we do. We end up weaponizing our pain, big or small, and it not only puts up a wall between us and others right? It puts up a wall between us and God, but listen to this. God isn't detached from us in our pain. We might put our walls up, Lord, nope, I want nothing to do with you right now. Walls up in our hearts, boom, I've been there, done that. We try to detach from God in our pain, and we try to attach to the pain instead, but listen, the Lord never detaches from us in our pain. Trust in the Lord with your whole heart. The affections of our heart that the verse mentions. some translations refer to that as the desires of our heart, right? Part of that was that we looked at in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Psalm 37, 4. It's not up on the screen, but it's, it's a well-known verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. Um, this is where the Lord wants us to slow down again just for a second. The desires of our heart, they can be cloudy at times, they can be murky, and this is why. If we have pain, if we have insecurities buried behind those desires, don't get me wrong, our desires on the surface, they can look pure, but if we don't know who we are in Christ, if we haven't given Him that pain, that anger, then here's what's going to happen. We, will, we end up chasing after a job. We do it with ministry. We can do it with a position, a relationship, a person. Thinking all of that is God's will for our life when it isn't. We'll end up looking to people, what we think might be our, even our calling to define us, instead of looking to our creator. We all have insecurities. If you think you don't, I say this in love, pride can be very blinding in that department. But what we do with them determines what they look like, right? There's people that I know, and then I get to know them more. I'm like, you're insecure about that? I never would have known that, right? Insecurities are manifested in different ways depending on what we do with them, okay? They they definitely grow depending on what we do with them. Um, they're also going to affect what we think about ourselves, what we think about others. But here's the point what, I make, what I'm trying to make with insecurities, okay? Insecurities are not meant to shame us. Insecurities are not meant to shame us. They are meant to be an indicator, okay, that something inside of us isn't secure and we need to go to our Creator, our Father. To get secure in him. Yeah, yeah. Okay? That's good. They're not meant to shame us. They are an indicator. So that's one direction we can go. Another direction we can go is we bury that pain and we do not know what to do with it. But see that that scripture said to trust in God with our whole hearts. I showed you guys. Most of that was colored in, right? But not every single part. Not every single part was colored in. We can't trust God with our whole heart. When there's pain inside of our hearts, trauma inside of our hearts that we did not choose. The reason why this is so hard for us is because it feels like God allowed it to happen to us. It feels like God allowed it to happen to us. Let me pull up Isaiah 53. We're going to camp out on a couple verses, but I backed it up just to give you guys a little bit more context of what we're looking at, okay? This is when it says he, this, we're refer- it's referring to Jesus. For he, the servant of God, grew up before him like a tender shoot or plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He has no stately form or majestic splendor that we would look at him, nor handsome appearance that we would be attracted to him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and pain, and acquainted with grief and like one from whom men hide their faces he was despised and we did not appreciate his worth or esteem him but in fact he has borne our griefs and he has carried our sorrows and pains yet we ignorantly assume that he was stricken struck down by God and degraded and humiliated by him he was wounded for our transgressions he was crushed for our wickedness our sin our injustice our wrongdoing the punishment required for our well-being fell on him and by his stripes wounds we are healed can we go back up to that last verse for a minute we we read this passage of scripture and we rush through it there's a part where I talked about earlier the pain, the choices that we make don't get me wrong, when it's self-inflicted it still hurts, right? it's still painful but there's something that makes it a little bit easier to trust God with it When we tell ourselves, well, I chose this, or I did this, X, Y, Z. But the part in this verse that we always skip over, he was wounded for our transgressions. The biblical term for transgression is when someone betrays or breaks your trust. Transgressions. It's the wrong that's been done to you. The pain that somebody else has inflicted on you. The trauma that you've experienced. The abuse that you've experienced. Yes, we live in a broken world. Where there's times, there's situations or we'll be on the receiving end of somebody's free will, right? It can be horrific choices, can be terrible circumstances. Well he was wounded for our transgressions. We forget that Jesus knows our pain more than we do. He knows our pain, not only because He loves us, He doesn't want bad things to happen to us. He knows our pain because He knows the pain, the evil, the, the, the anger, the, all of the wrapped up in that f- choice of free will from that person that inflicted that on us, that we were the receiving end of their choices. Give God your pain. Give Him your heart. Lean into it. Let Him pull it out root by root. Don't try to cover it up. Feel that pain. Feel that pain. Not so it can hurt you anymore, but so that Jesus can pull it out. Because when Jesus, when Jesus went to the cross. What did He do, guys? Did He just fly to that cross and get up there, okay, get it over with, God. Let's redeem our people back. Let's get it over with. He could have. He walked. He carried His cross and He walked. He walked. He walked through the pain when He was being beaten, when He was being whipped, when He was being spat on. He's God Almighty. He could have put pain blockers on guys he didn't have to feel that he didn't have to be in the midst of that he didn't have to be on the receiving end of that but he was he felt it guys he felt it he felt all all of it he felt it when they nailed the nails in his hands when they nailed the nails in his feet he knows your pain do you hear me he knows your pain knows it, He knows it better than you do, He knows it better than you do, and it's hard for us when we feel like He's allowed it to happen, and I said earlier, we live in a world where people still have choices, free will, all that, that's another message. God, your pain. See, so often we'll tell ourselves, right? We skip over this part. We'll tell ourselves, the devil's just trying to get me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm victorious. God's got a plan, all of this. Don't get me wrong. That is 100% absolutely true. I stand on those words every single day. But we cannot put a band aid on those wounds inside of our hearts can't step into those that stand on those truths confidently until that pain is out of your heart until you give god that pain he's already borne it for you he's already he's carried it he's felt it he's endured it he's never left you in it he has never left you in it he has never left you in it You are not alone. You are not alone in it. The Lord's asking you to give Him your hurt, give Him your pain, give Him your anger. Give Him, give Him your pain. He doesn't want to hurt in you anymore. He doesn't want to hurt you anymore. first time in my life when God asked me to give him paint that I didn't choose I was um, I was 21 so it was a little while ago now and um, my parents had recently got divorced and um, see did you, I don't know if you guys catch this but in my mind I instantly almost started being like, nah, thats not that bad it wasn't that painful but I'm gonna press on with it. My parents had recently gotten divorced at the time, and my life as I knew it was over. Everything that I knew, who I thought I was—I mean, I'm not kidding—everything was over. I don't know if you've ever experienced a divorce, or you've been a—you uh, um, know, your parents have been divorced, and whatnot. Divorce truly feels like a death. Okay, it is that. That the ripple effect just ripples, okay? And so, um, good or bad, it's just painful. Um, and so anyway, my parents had just gotten divorced, and um, you know, my parents had always had marriage problems, okay? Um, they loved each other, but it was never easy. And so, my whole life, I would pray for God to heal our marriage, right? And um, right a week before I turned 21, they separated. A few months later, they got divorced. And I wanted to run from God with everything that was inside of me. I was so mad. I was so confused. I was so hurt. Because what was playing through my mind was, can I even pray to you, God? Do you even care? Are you even real? Do you, do you even hear me? I, I did what your word says. If we pray, you'll hear and answer us, Lord. I wasn't asking you for much, Jesus. Do you even care? Are you even there? Are you going to leave me like they left me, Lord? And I remember the Lord telling me, he said, will you give me your pain? He said, will you give me your pain? Because if you don't, you're gonna bury it and you're gonna keep running and what's gonna happen is it's gonna bring you right back it's gonna bring you right back to me but you get to choose you're gonna give it to me now are you gonna run with it and it's gonna keep hurting you we can walk through it now we can walk through it now I will heal you I will heal your heart but you've got to give me the pain and I say that not to make myself look like this amazing oh I chose Jesus the holy choice no say that as a testimony of what the Lord will do when we open those raw parts of our hearts to him, when we can give him that pain. He will not forsake you. He never has and he will not forsake you in that process. Give God your pain. Give him your pain. I just want to pray for you guys right now. Jesus, I pray for everybody in this room. Everybody's watching online. Jesus, I pray for every heart. Every heart that matters to you, God. Every heart that has been told it doesn't matter, or needs to thicken up, or their pain's not that big of a deal, or they chose it, and it doesn't matter. I pray for every heart in this room that feels forsaken, forgotten about. For every heart in this room that's afraid to trust you, Jesus, with that that buried pain, the buried trauma. Holy Spirit, would you would you shine your loving light on those areas of their hearts? I don't feel your love. But you can and you will use it. It is true, Lord, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that what the enemy meant for evil, you will turn around and use for good. All of that is true, Father. We stand on that, Lord, and we praise you and thank you for that truth. It doesn't matter what, how much time has gone by. It doesn't matter what circumstances. It doesn't matter how many years. Nothing is wasted with you, Father. That you are a God who lives and operates outside of time. That you can take anything and in a moment it is changed and it is healed and it is whole forever in Jesus' name. So we speak to any discouragement right now in Jesus' name. We speak to any lie that's too late, it doesn't matter. We cast that down in Jesus' name. You matter. You matter. You matter to God. You matter. Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in.